Welcome back to episode number 46 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, so keep those comments, questions, and concerns coming to me. You guys are doing a great job. I'm seeing a handful of shares and likes. You still, still things are trending flat to slightly up on the daily downloads, which is cool. I'm good with that. Um, I've gotten a couple likes in, uh, or I should say ratings on the, the iTunes um, app. So keep that going, guys. Keep keep giving me a rating. If you think I'm worth a crap, give me a give me a good rating and tell me why. If you think I'm not, tell me that too. I'm open source, so I'm free game. You whatever you guys want to say about me, say it. If I'm not good, I'll go away. If you like what you hear, I'll keep doing it. I'm doing it for me too. So I mean, this is a big it's it's a big reason why I'm doing this because I'm learning a ton from you guys and it's reinforcing a lot of things that I haven't really thought about in a while. So I really appreciate the the questions and comments. And uh, you guys are just doing a great job with that, and I really appreciate it. So, what do we want to talk about today? And, it, and it, I want to I want to kind of round back a little bit on one that I did just a couple episodes ago. On episode forty-four, I talked about an individual that was having trouble in their first job, and uh, they got you know kind of a eh, rating, and then they uh, their performance review, and then when they got to their second one, they said well, we 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 kind of want to we kind of want to wrap this up and it, what they're trying to do is they're making it seem as though and again this is one-sided we don't hear the other people's side that it's that it's uh, somewhat of a hostile work environment to try to force this person to break the contract so they don't have to pay out now I have no idea what the contract says I, I can't imagine there's damages in a contract employee employment contract that will pay out the employee usually it doesn't happen that way Usually it's one-sided enough that if, if you breach the contract in some form or fashion and terminate early, then they can they can penalize you. But it usually doesn't work the other way around. So I can't imagine that uh, if they were to terminate you or terminate the contract, that they would have any liability to that individual. I just don't find that to be the case. Now, maybe she does. Maybe, maybe she, this person does have that in there. And if that's the case, then, you know, now it becomes a, you know, who can hold out the longest you know it's the divorced family who can stay in the house the longest gets the house you know it's kind of the same thing so so you, you're in a bad situation until you know and they can make your life completely miserable and it sounds like they're trying to change documentation and things like that to make it look as though you're negligent and possibly you know get a, a, a reason a cause to terminate because maybe they have to have sufficient cause to terminate but they don't need to do that crap if cause can be you just don't you don't clash or you clash with the staff that's sufficient cause there's no reason to go change documentation so I'm not sure on the documentation thing I I, I trust this individual is, is is has their information correct and um, I hope I hope that you have documentation of that change just so that way, down the line, if they do um, defame you in some way, you can at least prove that, um, and, and just kind of it makes you a little bit more of a slam dunk case, and it just shuts them up sooner, so that you don't you know hurt your reputation in the community. That's the only reason I would think that you could do that. Now, what this did think, bring to mind for me and make me think about was in in another situation. And here would be the question. If you are working with a practice, and this practice is doing something nefarious, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's something that's really shady. So maybe it's Medicare or Medicaid overbilling, and they, they knowingly are doing it, 
or not even, but they're being really, really lackadaisical in, in how they're charting. Um, maybe it's um, giving out too many narcotics without really following through with pains, you know, the proper documentation to provide pain management. Um, maybe it's, uh, it, it could be even a board violation that they're knowingly doing. Like, and that was one of the issues that's, that was come up in this, this individual's second post on Facebook was that they wanted her to practice, the collaborative was going away and said, I'm not going to be your collaborative anymore, but yet she was still being forced to, to see patients. And they can't do that. I mean, that's a, that's a clear violation of, of... Now, in Ohio, you have 120 days now. So if he says, I quit, you still got 120 days you could practice without his collaboration. And that gives you time to find your own collaborative. Now, you have to look at the agreement. You really do. You can't just say, oh, I'm out because I can't practice because I don't have a collaborative physician. If the agreement is completely silent as to the collaboration, and it says, you're a contract employee, you show up and do a job, you still have to show up to do a job. Now, you can't practice as an NP from the state. But usually in your agreement, you'll have something that says that you will maintain licensure. Well, as part of that, I have to have a collaborative. So you're stuck in this loop. So which one is it? Is it the collaborative or is it the license? Is it the collaborative or the license? Well, you need both to have the license, right? And to practice. So it really makes it, it, makes it sticky to get, to get into that into that loop because there's no good way out of it. <laughs> you just kind of get stuck in a circle. It's kind of like when uh, Chevy Chase was driving around in, in uh, European vacation and he got stuck going around that, that circle going Big Ben Parliament, Big Ben Parliament, you know, over and over again. It's kind of like that. That's what it reminds me of. It's a circular logic. It's circular reasoning. It's not, it doesn't help. And it's not really easy to get out of that one other than to say, look, I can't do that, but my contract says I have to. But I can't do that. But my contract says I have to. Big Ben, Parliament. Over and over again. See what I'm saying? So, if the contract specifically says, man, you got to show up and do your job, you got to show up and do your job, or you're in violation of the contract. If it's said in your agreement, if you're collaborative, you, you must maintain a collaborative um, physician. Now you got to go find a collaborative physician. You got to go hire one. I mean, it, so you can't just say, I don't have a collaborative. It's not that simple. You have to look at your contract and see what obligations you have toward that collaboration and what you have toward keeping your license active. So that that some of the advice I saw in there was, oh, they, they took away your collaborative? You can quit now. And I'm like, eh, 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 that doesn't sound good. I'm sure that they would nail you if, if it's in the contract that way. So you, you really want to look at the contract. I, th there was a lot of good advice about get a lawyer, get a lawyer, get a lawyer. Yes, I agree. Go get the lawyer. Get the lawyer now. Get the big guns. Don't get the cheap guy that's in the yellow pages. Go get, you know, the, 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 the t big guns. It's time for the big guns. And you're going to pay them a couple thousand bucks, but they could save you a shit ton of money and a lot of headache and a lot of time. That's the key. Time is a big one because you don't want to drag this thing out with somebody that doesn't know what the hell they're doing for the next two or three years. You want to finish this and finish it and move on. And so what, one of the things that, to round back, and that was a different issue, but to round back to what it was making me think of was if you have knowledge of some malfeasance, some bad act by the practice that is related to a law or an existing contract that puts an obligation on you, as a professional, you got to be really careful how you handle that. And here's the example. Say your practice is, is out there 
and they're overbilling Medicare. And they know it. They're like, oh, we, we're, we're trying to keep the doors open. If we don't do this, we're going to close down and be out of business. So we'll roll the dice. And we'll, 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 we'll milk, milk uh, Medicaid where we shouldn't be doing it. So they're overcharging. They're doing wellness exams too frequently or they're doing some other stuff. And, and they're, they're, you know, upcoding things and, you know, clearly, clearly illegal against the law and clearly against the contract with Medicare because you sign a contract with them to be a provider. So it violates both of those. You're not the one doing it, though, but you have knowledge of it. In every state, in every board, for every professional license, doesn't matter what license it is. It could be board of surveyors for your surveying license. It could be engineering. It could be dentistry, veterinarian, uh, accounting. It doesn't matter. As a professional, there is a rule. I guarantee it. In every one of those across the country that you have a moral obligation to do to have um, what, what I would use the term moral turpitude it's your morality clause you're not going to do anything wrong and if you see somebody else doing something wrong you have an obligation to say something so here's the problem that it puts you in so this practice is upcoding Medicare you're in this, and then everything else is the same situation you, you hate them, they hate you, you want out you're going to hold that information in your back pocket as leverage to get out of the contract. But you don't call Medicare. You don't call the hotline and say, hey, I, I, I think there's fraud going on here at my practice and I need to turn them in. Yeesh. That's a, that puts you in a tight spot there too, right? That's a whole different issue. But now you're, you don't care because you're leaving anyways. You're out of there anyways. Whether they fire you or you get out, you're gone. In two months, you won't be there. Or even a month. just won't happen. So what do you do? Do you hold on to that information, or do you do you do you have to tell somebody? You have to tell somebody. I mean, right? I mean, that's the law. Now, here's here's the way I would do it, though. How do you prove somebody's knowledge? I mean, unless you have it in writing, like somebody like I. I wrote down that I was cheating Medicare, and I showed it to my nurse practitioner. Yeesh, nobody's going to do that, so they can't prove your knowledge. But you don't go in with guns ablazing to the to the. Uh, to your practice and say, hey, I want out of my contract, and if you don't, I'm going to turn you into Medicare. Ooh, don't do that, because guess what? The second you make the phone call to Medicare, they're going to make the phone call to the Board of Nursing, and you're not going to work ever again, because you're going to violate that morality clause. You are not showing moral turpitude by using using something that is um, a, a violation of the law as leverage to get something you want. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? can't do that. So here's how I would handle it. And I'm not telling you to lie. I'm not telling you to lie. I'm not telling you to lie. But I'm not telling you to tell everything you know in this world. If they can't prove you know something, how do they know you know it? So what you say is this. I see, I've heard rumblings that there's something going on with Medicare billing. I don't know what's going on and I have no proof of it. And I don't want to know. But I, I'm, I'm really tempted to call Medicare to have them investigate you, but I don't know if there's anything going on here, and I'm putting you on high alert that I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to call them because I feel like you're being this way because maybe I have this knowledge, or maybe I've, I've somebody said something to me, but I don't know and I have no proof, and I don't know if there's anything going on. See, see what I'm saying? You don't have knowledge at that point, so you don't have that moral turpitude, but you're using that as kind of a guidepost to say, look, I, I want out of this deal. I don't want to know what you're doing wrong. I don't want to be a part of it, and I don't want you dragging me down with you. So if you're doing something wrong, you need to let me out of my contract right now.
And if you don't let me out of my contract and I get knowledge of this, I will be forced to turn you in. Period. And you may already have that, that documentation that has the proof, but you don't tell anybody that you got that. <laughs> you just That's in your back pocket. Yeesh, I'm not telling you a lie. This is on you. But man, I, I would be walk that tightrope really carefully because if you go in and use something that is illegal or un, or uh, breaches a contract that that you would have otherwise needed to notify somebody for, and you don't, man, that puts you on the hook too. And that's with your with your license. That's not just with this guy. That's not just little fines from Medicare. That's the board's going to yank your license. You're never going to work again. And guess what? Now you have to disclose to every jurisdiction. Hey, uh, yeah, I lost my license in Ohio because I didn't call Medicare. <laughs> and maybe they'll give you a license in another state, but they probably won't. They don't care. You know, they, it's not their. It's not their livelihood. They could care less. It's some person they don't know that they filed an application through the mail or on the internet. They, what do they care? They're not going to give you a license. So it puts you in a pickle. And then also, even if you do get a license, your malpractice, you'll never get covered because that's one of the questions in your malpractice premium uh, application is, have you ever had a um, lost a license? Yep. Oops. Never get insurance here. If you do, it's going to be so expensive, you're, you might as well not practice. So now that you're uninsurable, is that effectively the same thing as not having a license? Pretty much to me. If I couldn't get insurance because of something I did, then I'd be looking for a different profession. I just would. It, it, it puts you too much liability. Could you imagine getting one lawsuit? We had to pay out pocket. Yeesh. That's. I mean, a million. I, my policy is two million, six million. You think I could swing two million dollars? Not in my. There's no way. There's not. There's no way I could swing that. I can't even mortgage my. I, mean, I don't. I live pretty modestly. I can't swing that. Even if I mortgage my house ten times over, I wouldn't be able to swing that. So, that's the. My, my recommendation is to be very careful, and I'm not giving this individual any guidance on this one because you need to go to your lawyer. They need to see your contract, and and taking advice on Facebook is a bad idea. The second this smelled wrong, you should have been on the phone with a lawyer, not on Facebook. That's a lesson to all of you guys. If, if you see this stuff going this south this badly, you call your lawyer. If somebody is like, well, we're not sure if we're going to fire you, and, and there may be contract implications, and I said this in episode 44, if there's money that's involved, and they're looking to do this, or they're, or they're making your life so miserable that they're trying to make you quit for some weird reason, I would get a lawyer. Have them review your contract just to make sure that you're not doing something that they want you to walk into a trap. Because I bet their lawyer has read their contract already, and they're acting on the on the, the the recommendations of a lawyer at this point. And if they're not, then they're they're just schmucks, and they they think they're smarter than you. And that could be too. That's possible. But if it were me, I'd have my lawyer reading my contract before I go into that meeting, saying, "Yep, my lawyer says that I shouldn't be doing this, and I says I should do this, and I would like all my rec my records, and I want all my." Um, my billing codes and all my billings and all the stuff that was sent out under my MPI, I would do all that, saying it's my right to have that. I'm putting you on notice and do it in writing. Do follow your lawyer's recommendations. But some of the things I'd be doing, I'd be I want all my records, all my credentialing stuff, all my credentialing contracts, just so I could make sure that I wasn't in violation of any of the contracts that I was in. 
that's what I'd be doing just to, to save my ass a little bit but I, I don't think you need to go there I think that the best way to do this one is just to just to go in and say look I want out of this contract you want me out of this contract why are we why are we even making this try to work why are you forcing me to do something that is clearly against my my board um, somebody said you could call your board on this one you might but I would call your lawyer first I'd have your lawyer review that one first Because the board doesn't care if you go to work. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care if you violate a contract. All they care about is that you're practicing within the scope of your practice. They could care less about the rest. So I'm not sure how much they, they would do with that. They would, they would probably say, well, yeah, you're not allowed to practice without your collaborative agreement. You no longer have a collaborative. You no longer have the ability to practice. That doesn't mean you lose your license. It just means you need to find another collaborative before you can, get, you can practice again. Now, in Ohio, we get one to 120 days. That's kind of nice. That's a nice buffer. But So, anyways, I, I don't want to beat up on this one anymore. But it was it was scary. I mean, the, the, the follow-up wasn't at all how I thought it was going to go for you. I thought, honestly, I thought you were going to say, yeah, we talked it out. And they said, yeah, well, let's just end the contract. I really thought reasonable people would, would prevail. And, and maybe there's a lot more to this story than we don't know. And that's probably the case. Usually it is. So, you know, keep that in mind, too. Maybe this person is negligent. Maybe this person isn't doing a good job. Maybe they've messed up a bunch of times before and they got a ton of documentation on her. But why would they keep her around then? I would just say, you know what, you're negligent and you're scaring me and you're making me, you know, my patients nervous. And I'm, from a marketing standpoint, I wouldn't want to have that person out there. I wouldn't want a crappy person working for me. And I'm not saying this person is. I just don't know. But... From a marketing business side, I, I, I want the best and the brightest. If somebody's not doing a good job, you're gone. Bye. We'll find another person. There's enough of us out there. Find somebody good. Again, I don't think that's what's going on here, and I don't know, but there's always two sides to the story, and, and it sounds really really heavily one-sided, like looking for sympathy, and, and I think that there's some warranted for that, but I also think that you know, usually people aren't this angry and frustrated for a, just them being spiteful usually there's a reason maybe she she negotiated too much money maybe she I, I don't know I don't know what it is maybe they want to get rid of her because uh, the one of the owner physicians uh, second cousin wants to work as an NP and they need to free up a spot I who knows I don't know what it is but for whatever reason it's you know get out of there get out get out get out let's see your lawyer first okay issue number two and this one's a personal one this one's happened to me. It's happening right now. It's an issue I got going on. And it's and it's but I'm gonna talk in generalities because I'm not gonna blow a HIPAA. What do you do when you have a patient that comes to you as a new patient? And they're really, really not well. It's obvious they've got multiple multiple comorbidities, uh, but you think there's something underlying going on beyond that. And um You, they've got a plan in place, but they just need a primary care person um, just to just to kind of quarterback and you know just for the coughs and sniffles and you know that kind of stuff, and so that they can get referrals from you know give referrals to other specialists and things like that a little cleaner, a little easier, and that's just the way that you know that's the recommendation that they were getting from some of their specialists. They didn't have a primary care, and they come to me. And I see them, and they have a lot going. I mean, just obviously looking at them, it's like, okay, you got a lot going on, and uh, we got to sort through a lot of stuff. 
And so you, you request records from all over the place because they've been to everywhere, you know, every, every health care facility, you know, the hospitals and ERs, and they've been to, you know, multiple specialists and other primary care people. And so, you know, you're getting these records coming in. You get them in and you get them coming in and coming in and coming in. And you know what their history says, so you know what to expect from that, at least you, in, you anticipate that. But you see multiple, multiple reports coming in with things that are just really out of whack in their lab values or out of whack in their histories, but no one is addressing it. And it's substantial stuff, really substantial stuff. Like why is this lab value way out of whack? And, and none of their history can tell you why. And um, so they're brand new to you, like you know, a day or two ago or a week ago. And you're starting to get your your reports coming in, and you see all these wacky things, and you think to yourself, at least I'm thinking to myself, I am seeing nothing in this record from the last one month, six month, a year, two years of reports that are coming in, and, and ER reports, and labs, encounters with other practitioners, no one is addressing these issues anywhere in documentation. Now, maybe they talked about it with the patient. I don't know. Maybe they can explain it away somehow, but none of the documentation shows it. This is exactly, exactly what I was talking about with closing the loop. This is exactly, and it's so frustrating to me that no one has closed the loop. I always close the loop. If I see a lab value out of whack substantially, and I think that there's a justifiable reason for it, it goes in the plan. I, I, does anybody else do this? I, I don't know. I, I, it scares the crap out of the lawyer in me. I'm like, man, I could, there's 30 names on this I would, I would name. <laughs> there's 30 professionals, practitioners, doctors, <laughs> I mean, DOs, MDs, PAs, everybody. No one's addressing this. I mean, I, I, could, I could sue the shit out of all of them if it turns out that what I think might be going on is going on. Wow. Wow. Is, uh, nobody closes the loop? Guys, tell me if you're closing the loop. Maybe we're missing this as a profession. We, I mean, we could instantly change <laughs> change our liability insurance to be a quarter of what it is if we close the loop. Man, am, am I the only one that does this? I, I don't understand. It just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. If you see something out of whack, you have to address it. You just do. <laughs> you can't ignore it. You, even if you know, you think you know what it is, and you can say, "Oh yeah," you can look at the record, and it just didn't, you know you can infer from the other things that there's, and oh, there's no inference. You explicitly state, "Cannot rule out blah, blah 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 blah." Put it right there. You know whatever it is, and I'm not going to say what it is because then I might give things away, and I'm not going to. I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to blow a hip up. But you, you know, you could. Potassium 17. Well, <laughs> you know, you better be addressing that stuff. But in the first instance, number one. But, but number two, if if it's that out of whack, number one, that you should be in the emergency room for that alone, which wasn't any of the reasons why this person went in. <laughs> it was so incidental findings, but it was consistently off over and over again. And it's not in their history. Uh, so now I'm addressing it, and I got to explain why. You know. I don't know why my colleagues of the last one month, two months, six months, a year, two years, three years, whatever it's been, has not addressed this with you. I mean, I could be seen as the hero or the, the, the 
the bring you know bringing down the healthcare system in this individual's mind and lose all trust. So that that puts me in a predicament too, right? You know, I want to do the right thing, so I'm going to talk to this person about all this stuff. I'll go through all his labs, her labs, their labs, for everywhere, for everything. So it, it just it's amazing to me that people don't close the loop. So tell me, guys, do you guys do that? Do you talk about really wacky stuff in your plan? And if not, tell me why you don't do it. Give me the justification, because if, if there's a good reason not to be doing it, I, I'll stop doing it, but I, I don't see it. I mean, from the legal side, it just scares the crap out of me. I mean, there's legitimately over 30, 30 practitioners or, or uh, PAs or physicians total that have touched this individual in the last several years. At least 30. And none of them in their reports so far. And I read a lot of reports last night on this person. I haven't seen one that said, oh, and by the way, this is, this is out of whack and you should see somebody about it. You should go see this type of person. Follow up with your primary care and have them talk to, you know, XYZ specialist. Jeez. Not one. Not one. I would think by, you know, 30, somebody would say, hey, this is, this is really out of whack and he's addressed. And it's not justified by your underlying history and, and what you're here for today. That scares me. So anyways, I, I don't want to go any more on that one, but I just I, I want to hear from you guys about the closing the loop thing because I'm I'm baffled. I'm completely baffled. And I've seen it more than once now. And it's just like I just don't understand. It's just poor it's poor care to, in my opinion. But maybe I'm just ignorant. Uh, and, and that very well could be. I just don't know. Tell me. I want somebody to tell me. Email me. Jeff at the mpdude.com. Put a comment below the show. Comment on my Facebook page. You can always PM me uh, personally or through the NP Dude. You can always tag me too, at the NP Dude. It seems to be working. I've got a couple people that are tagging me and it seems to be working. Um, you can have a listen on iTunes. Tell your friends to listen on iTunes. You can always, always rate there as well. I do have a rating on my Facebook page. Nobody's used, but it's kind of buried, so I don't blame you. Um, I, I rearranged things a while back so that it was an organization, quote unquote, or a business or whatever it was, just so I could get the rating on there. And um, I don't know if it, anybody just doesn't care enough or it doesn't matter or whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter to me if somebody rates there or not. But iTunes is kind of cool. I want to get a rating on there so that way, you know, see if we can start pushing it up through iTunes. I really think, you know, my daily downloads have been pretty stagnantly, like, flat to slightly up for the last couple of weeks. And I really think it's because I got a lot of iTunes people. I, I really do. So if you're on iTunes and you're like, hey, you know, I just I'm on Facebook too. Give me a shout out. Say, hey, I'm on iTunes, um, just to let me know. Give me a give me some heads up on that. But I could see like how frequent, like not frequency, but I can see which episodes are more often viewed, and they're all getting hit pretty hard, pretty hard. Some of the early one ones are kind of getting glossed over. I think I'm getting a little better at this, but not much. So I apologize. If it's not good, it sucks. Tell me I suck. I'm good with that too. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm following a semi truck full of pipes on a back road. He's going slow. I'm trying. I gotta pass this guy. So I gotta get off now. But uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for sharing the show, and we will talk soon.